Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. today's show I think something may be wrong with blog talk because I wrote in the chat and now it's gone and you know blog talk kind of has a new little twist to how things work pretty much once a week at least for the last almost seven years but today is dream theme Thursday it is the 18th of February and I'm crossing my fingers that this show is being recorded because I don't even think I could write in the chat right now. So let's see if that's true. I don't see callers. I don't know if I'm on. However, it tells me it's recording. So let's start with the first dream, which was on the Blog Talk Radio page from Maria Dulce. And it says, good morning, Nadia. Please, if there is time, I just had a dream. It was a long one with so much detail. I will try to shorten it. Sorry. We were in a holiday flat. I was chatting and helping my oldest sister to prepare her suitcase. She was going back home and was looking forward. Let me see. Looking forward to seeing her sons. Then someone took me to visit a village where a whole community had to move out of their houses and they couldn't carry on living in them, like the houses were not safe or something like that, so they were living temporarily in motor homes and tents. Some people were waiting in the village longer than others to be transferred to somewhere else, some in a better condition than others, but everyone tried to adapt the best that they could. I knew that this situation was happening to other communities as well. There was a beautiful dining room with comfortable velvety navy blue chairs. A family of travelers, gypsies, served food to whoever wanted. They prepared me something to eat. I chatted with them, hearted, warm people. Afterwards, there was a party slash show organized by an Irish family with music and dance that made me feel welcome and invited me to join them. And uh, and which I did. I'm sorry. For some reason, this just jumped. Okay. Then I was exercising in a big room at the bar, like we used to have in ballet classes. I knew it was the end of my visiting to this village. I am cutting many small moments of feelings and thoughts from different people towards me and me towards them. Otherwise, this would be too long. I wrote a note for the people in that village, giving them thanks for their kindness and warm welcome. They were are in my heart. They made me feel at home. I woke up remembering the dream very clearly. Then I realized 
that everyone in the dream acted like I would, like they were all different parts of me, better or worse, like a reflection of many natural thoughts and actions. I am so curious to know what the dream means. Thank you and a big hug to you, Nadia. This was, you were really close, really good. I mean, that is actually one aspect of it, that these were all parts of you, welcoming, moving, growing, pushing out, having family members prepare to leave. You're, you're accepting the natural processes of life, and you know that they don't have anything to do with things, that those processes only have to do with people. We find warmth everywhere. We find love everywhere. And the places we think we're going to get it, we usually find out it's not there. And the places we think we won't get it, we're very surprised that it shows up. And you now are no longer surprised by love. Now you accept love. And that's what this whole dream is about. The only reason you can accept love in your dream so quietly, so quietly, and so lovingly, and so warmly, is because that's how you think about yourself. So that, you had it right on the nail. But how does that look in life? That looks in being able to receive and being patient, even though it looked like this sad situation. No one was sad. Everyone knew they'd be okay because you know you'd be okay. Even though you were visiting, you know that situations visit us. If you could think of all your challenges as visitors, if you just think of that, that they are visitors, they are coming in to teach you something and then it goes on and travels to someone else. That feeling, you know, we called it, it was a buzzword for a while, I don't know if it still is, when they used to say collective consciousness, right? You think something and you go and you tell someone about it and they're like, hey, I just thought that too. Wow, that's so cool. We're on the same page. Yes, you are on the same page. Because that's how we think together. That's how we are connected. There was something when I saw first saw Christ, after I saw him initially, I had a lot of visions, like these visions, clear, like someone just, like you watched a movie, like you sat at a movie theater, as big as it is on the wall, I had these visions. Some involved colors, some involved just the energy of people, but this one showed me this invisible but yet unbreakable golden thread. And it connected all of us. It was like, you know, when they played telephone when we were little in school and they put two cups and they had a string 
and someone would talk on one and you would hear it through the cup in your ear and they were trying to show you how sound travels, right? This vision showed me how energy travels. That's why Christ always says energy precedes words. Because energy precedes words. You know how people feel. You know before they open their mouths. And if they tell you something different than what you already knew, what you already felt, then there's like this emotional discord. You're like, ah, wait, that's weird. That doesn't, that doesn't match. It doesn't match. What's going on? And here... You matched. You felt it. It was like the energy was free-flowing. That's when they say that. It's in the flow. We describe the golden cord all day long. And we say things like we're in sync. We're in the flow. Things are falling into place. This just feels right. We know when we're going in the right direction. So for you to visit what should be a stressful or distressful situation, the energy was only about the love. And love only propels. So when you can feel it in your dream, where you're in a situation that should be stressful and it kind of looks chaotic, at the end of the day, no matter who we're meeting, it's how we feel when we leave. What did we leave with? What did we take with us from that meeting? And the reason it surprises us is because we are taught that when money's behind something, wow, they had this ice sculpture of the Eiffel Tower and they had this there and these people were, it goes on and on and you're describing things, not people. And at the end of the day, the things fade to black, you're mesmerized for a minute, but then it goes and fades away and you remember the people you looked in the eye the people you may have smiled at, the people you have talked to, all starts taking form. And then you fall asleep. The fact that you were exercising in a big room, at the bar, like, you know, you would, used to have in the ballet classes, you are now seeing yourself thrive in this village you are feeling creative because now that we're feeling all the other feelings start saying hey wait a minute i've been here too wait wait feel me and feel me and feel me and it opens up this whole world of things going into this little dot in the corner and doing and talking and interacting even with yourself 
doing things you never thought you'd do, like dancing, going to the party, feeling welcomed by people you don't even know. And even in all of that, you saw a beautiful dining room with these big, comfortable, velvety, navy blue chairs. You saw travelers, you saw gypsies, you saw all walks of life. Just thought of them as hearted, warm people. This is like the the warmth, the compassion, the empathy, the growth, the nothing is as it seems, and the connections. And the connections. So one more part I want to talk about in it. In the beginning, you were helping your oldest sister to prepare her suitcase because she was going back home and was looking forward to seeing her sons. You were allowing someone who was older than you that you are with all the time to be released from any dependence and you even can help them in your mind now, not just that they help you because a lot of times when someone is older than us, we grow up thinking of them as older than us and that never goes away. But you were sending her away and saying, well, she has her work to do. That's her and this is me. And I I like me. I like meeting new people. I like seeing how they live, even though it might not feel safe. And then you find out that they're super safe, that they're beautiful, that they feed you, that they dance. Nothing is as it seems, nor as it is seen. So thank you for that dream. It actually is a very, like, As I'm talking, I felt very content because you are at a place where you can connect to anybody. And that's a powerful place to be. So I have another dream. And in this dream, it says, in the dream, I wanted to buy a cat. Usually people say that black cats bring bad luck, but I don't agree with that and bought myself a black cat. The cat was very obedient to me. I would, I would, if I would say, if I would to say jump or raise your hand, the cat would do it without any hesitation. I spent some time with the cat and the cat grew very attached to me. I was playing games with the cat like she is a small child to make her laugh. But when I would play hide-and-seek, she would get scared if she thought I was missing, so I made sure that she can see me. Then the cat rolled over. I could see her belly. She was cleaning herself. It was a bit weird to see her like that, but also comforting to see how she is comfortable with herself. In that moment, the cat was gray with stripes, not black anymore. Then it seemed that the cat doesn't belong to me, but to my family's house. 
I had to go, but I didn't know how to do it because I knew that the cat would be extremely sad without me. I felt the same way even after the dream. Okay, this all has to do with relationships. That you may meet someone and people may warn you that this isn't right for you. But you want it because you think you could go in and create what you need from it, like you did with the cat. And then somewhere in there, you realize the cat needs you because you want to be needed. And then the cat starts doing its own thing, and you're like, wow, that's weird because you didn't tell it it could do it. But yet you were comforted that the cat cared about itself or understood itself or was comfortable with their self. And then because the cat took on its own personality as well as being obedient to you, you saw the cat differently. So now the cat was a different color. And then you felt like the cat didn't belong to you anymore because the cat wasn't completely obedient to you. So this is truly something to think about, really, really think about. We sometimes believe that other people are things we own. If we're in a relationship, that that person is ours, and they're not. And so when that other person starts to be themselves, you equate them not listening to you or being in sync with you as to something's wrong with the relationship. And then you detach. You want to put your running shoes on and you want to go. You're going to go. Now think about the way you approach relationships. They're usually, you want to do something nobody's done before, have somebody special, secure that person, and then tell family and friends about it. And you wait. You wait until you're sure if you can be sure. So it's all like this systematic capture of someone you want to love because you equate love with obedience the way you did with the cat. You equate it with that person being somewhat obedient to you because that would prove that they love you. And then when they are themselves, you're like, oh, wow, they don't love me. Look at what they've just done. Because your fear, not of losing someone, your fear of getting someone is where your fear is. Try to create situations where people will fall in love with you and you might get mad at them for not listening to you or doing what you wanted without listening to what they want. And then when you don't get them, or they don't do what you primed them to do, and you get mad at them 
and you might blame them. And then when you look at them, they don't look the same anymore because you're like, wow, and they didn't want me either. And look at what I offered them. Because a relationship is not a transaction. People don't love us because of a car we drive or a house we live in or how we look or how old we are. And when people feel manipulated, they have a hard time interacting. So you felt that you put all the right things in place with your cat and it made you happy that the cat was sad that it wasn't happy or felt scared when it couldn't see you or missed you, but that it was obedient to you. Then when the cat kind of did their own thing, just being a cat, that made you feel like that cat wasn't yours anymore. So there's two things I, I would love for you to look at just in your life is do you accept yourself when you're yourself instead of what you're trying to be to sell yourself? Like, look at this package. Don't you want this? Don't you want this? Look what you're getting. But it's not about that. It's about feeling. And you have to ask yourself, how much control do you need? Because you think, well, if I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that, they'll be, they'll be a mini-me instead of be themselves. And the minute they are themselves, which would have been the extreme natural happening, you detached. All of a sudden, the colors are different. All of a sudden, the energy is different. All of a sudden, it goes back to your family. Because that's where you looked at yourself as a series of traits as opposed to being you. I always said when I first got divorced years ago, I always said if I ever met someone I was going to be with, I hope my first meeting is in my sweats because it can only go up from there with my kids because that was the real me, sweats and kids. They were young then because I didn't want someone to fall in love with the perception of me because you can chase that ball down a hill for your whole life. So when you're able to be in control and make your cat laugh and allow for all these things to happen, that they miss you and you're not there, and you know you felt like this black cat, this cat that nobody should want, that's what you wanted. You wanted what no one else wanted. You want to Stand out for being different, for not being scared. You, you 
want to show a lot on the outside, but on the inside you need to control your outside. And when you can't control your outside, you no longer want anything to do with it. Because you assume that if someone is their selves, that will take them away from you because you are not being yourself in a relationship. Really think about that. Really think about that because just like in the other dream about it being them in the dream, this is you in the dream. You've you've created a very rigid persona that involves maybe, I don't know, how you look, how you feel, how you care. And if anything steps out of those lines, it's going to anger you because now you have to rework how you're going to control that narrative. Oh, wow, the cat wants to be itself. Well, that's discomforting because... Why would it want to be itself? I've provided happiness for this cat. Why isn't it happy? What have I done wrong? Am I not this enough or that enough? Why would it want to be itself? Oh, geez. It's just gone from black to like a a muddy color of gray with stripes. Someone I just don't recognize. Because they didn't need me to take care of themselves. And then all of a sudden, the cat didn't seem like it was yours. You knew the cat would be sad without you, but that's where your power is. When someone changes, you come on the offensive And discard whoever it was. And a part of you wants the cat to be sad without you so that at least you'll feel like it was worth your time. So that, oh wow, great, the cat was sad without me. See, I showed it for being itself. And what the truth is, that you never once mentioned that you were sad without the cat until the very end I felt the same way after the dream. But during the dream, it was all about how the cat felt, not about how you felt. You were happy it was obedient to you. You were happy it worked with you without hesitation. It was very attached to you. You liked playing games with it. You liked playing hide-and-seek. And you like that it missed you so much that you could take care of it and make sure that it can see you. But the minute the cat brought out its own personality or its own instinct, you backed off. You're like, oh, wait a minute. That wasn't enough for them? Well, how much does that cat need? Not my cat anymore, even though I know it's going to be sad without me, which is your ego. Because the truth is, How do you feel without the cat? Or didn't it matter? So pay attention to 
not what others feel, not what you can do to get others into your world. But how do you feel for real people you're inviting in? Are you inviting them in because they're different or they may upset your family? Or they may show that you can make a great decision and so you put a lot of weight into who you bring in so that that no one can say anything. But the person saying something is you. You've changed. I don't want anything to do with this. You have to listen to people. See what they want. Know what they want. See what you care about. And if you pay attention to what you care about, you will make better decisions. That's a good dream. That's a good, hey, pay attention dream. You guys, my time is up. I will see you tomorrow on Questions Friday. Have a great Thursday. I know chat is not working, but thank you for all of you who tried to get in, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.